Welcome and you're listening to Geekologist Radio 2.0, a division of the Ninja Pancake family of podcasts. Damien, and welcome to Geekologist Radio 2.0. This week we have the newest Predator trailer to discuss, and if you can't tell, I'm happy about it. I'm actually really hyped about it, trying to play it down. Definitely going to discuss that, and we dive deep into Xbox Scarlet Project, which is supposedly a new family of systems. Kind of teased at E3. Uh, a couple of uh, websites got some nice little tidbits of information on this, along with living in Washington and some other connections. Uh, Going to kind of jump into that and, and hypothesize a little bit on that. And the possibility that Google is making its own console to compete with the Xbox and PlayStation. There's something with that that, you know, I it could be happening. It may not. We know that Amazon has been trying it for years and they haven't made it. So, But Google... You know, Google put out their own phone, and it's a good phone. Uh, so, I mean, our our our, our co-host, our, you know, co-owner, <laughs> whatever, Nick. <laughs> I, I never know what to call it. It's, it's not you're not a co-host, man. We both are. We both run this da- this damn thing now, and it's it, we we always we used to, Geek Geek Golf Radio. We used to say screw the co and co-host, and give you a crew of hosts, and that's what we always did, and that's kind of what this is. And so I hate the term co-host because it's not what you are. Well, we're just hosts of the show, equal. so you're a co-host. I'm a co-host. You know, I do have a Google Pixel phone, and it's amazing. I have the Google Pixel Two XL, which I always say it's the best phone out in the market because I feel that way. But that's for the Android side of things. I, I swear by the Google Pixel. I think it is the greatest phone, uh, let alone. Just for the unlock system with the fingerprint on the back side of the phone, it's with your pointer finger. So when you pick up the phone, the pointer finger just lands there and it just unlocks your phone perfectly. I will never buy a phone again without that. It's the easiest thing. I never have to put a code in. I It works every time. It's flawless. It's great. I love it. So I do think on that note, though, I do think Google, if they had the right developers, could come up with a console. I don't know if it would. It, it's hard to start a console now and try to go up against, you know, powerhouses like microsoft and playstation that have you know just decades of games that have already been put into it and just you know people nostalgia for that stuff and you know i'm a playstation guy i know you're an xbox guy so we love the things that we love and nobody's gonna beat nintendo so uh yeah i mean i mean i'm finally on nintendo and i'm on nintendo in a big way but uh (laughs) but the thing is is that it's. I just don't want to see. I like Google. I like the direction that they go with the the stuff that they provide. I just don't want to see another Jaguar. You know, it's like Atari. Atari used to be big on the big was was like the originator kind of thing. You know, but then when they tried, they disappeared for a while. When they came back, it was like it didn't. It was nostalgic, but it didn't hit right. It was like the Sega. You know, when the Sega. Yeah, the Dreamcast did not hit. Yeah, and that was like that was terrible. No, so it I. I just don't want to see that happen to a great company like Google, you know. And so if they do come out hitting, I hope that they have, I mean, how incredible would it be if they come out and they were able to, they, they either, they get their own IPs and they create games that people 
that are are like Mario and they are like you know Legend of Zelda and things, and people feel they have to buy the system to be able to play these exclusives. How cool would that be for them to be able? to Yeah, do that, that would be that would cool, be awesome. and it'd have to be a different type of direction. What if it was just uh, straight up a VR system? It would have to be something to grab people I, off off from you know Microsoft or Sony or even Nintendo now because Nintendo switches. But we, if we look at Nintendo. I mean, we have NES, Super NES, and then Nintendo 64, which are all great systems. And then it was kind of gone for a while. And then they came out something completely new to take people off the market. And how popular was Nintendo Wii? I mean, everybody wanted it and everybody had it. I mean, you saw grandmas playing with it, you know, playing tennis. And it it was just something different. So they came back strong with something different, even though they're the powerhouse Nintendo. And then the next console, they come out Nintendo Wii U, which is... I mean, I... The games are fine on it. Yeah. I, it. Just the system itself didn't work. But you combine those two together, and their ideas kept on evolving. And then we got the Nintendo Switch. So without the Nintendo Wii U, do you get the Switch? I don't know. I, I mean, whoever knows who exactly came up with that concept. But the Nintendo Switch works so damn well. Yeah, and I'm I now understand that. That's the big thing is being able to. I love the fact that I can I can stand ground with you with you guys and i can go back like i said and listen to the older episodes and those episodes make sense and i don't know a console where like you know yeah you can go back and play the halo games but like if you're looking for multiplayer and things like that i don't know a game system that you can go with that allows you to bounce back and play titles that are older you know from the launch of a system and that there's still just as many people talking about them, if not more, because it took more people to get on on you know onto the system. There, you, it's like we said last week. We said you can't find these games. You can't find these ones that you know the the Switch is really hard to find used games for because people just don't turn. You're them in. you're absolutely correct. I mean, I'm never going to turn in my Zelda because they keep coming out with new DLCs for it. There's stuff to do. Mario Odyssey. I'm not going to turn that in either. There is Nintendo does something with its characters, and that is something that I don't think Sony Sony does a little bit, a little bit more than Microsoft. I think. I mean, Microsoft, when you think about their standalone characters, for me, you know, Gears of War is huge for me, but also Master Chief, Halo, Sony side of things. You have you know major characters like God of War or Nathan Drake um, for uh, uh, Uncharted, and then now the Last of Us series, which is really big too. But Nintendo's done something since the 80s, and that's come up with a plumber that everybody's hooked onto, and they'll never share it. Though, I mean, well, possibly that's going to be that spoiler alert. We might talk about that later, but they really will never share some of their their characters. And and again, like you know, like uh, Link from Zelda, something that you're going to talk about later too. It's just a character you don't really see in other games, you know. So when you look at Microsoft and, and Sony, respectively the Xbox and PlayStation, they share a lot of the games. You know, they share so you can play it here, you can play it there. It's kind of the same, you know, you know, concept. You like that controller, you like this controller. But Nintendo just does it a little bit differently and holds on to those characters. So you always want to have that system. You, you know, you got a mic, you got a, a Xbox. You don't have a PlayStation, but you wanted the Nintendo Switch over a PlayStation for these titles and these characters that you've grown up with for you know two oh, yeah. decades. Yeah, Nintendo is what Nintendo does well is they tout and put their mask. They make Absolutely, mascot yeah. characters, and they support their mascot characters through multiple games. And then when you get a game that you think that oh, this is a game that would just involve this character, they say no. Remember, uh, the, I mean. 
Mario Kart, which was usually just characters from Mario, has expanded and now has characters from other Nintendo franchises. You got Samus in Mario Kart. You have yep. you you have Link in Mario Kart. You know, you have these iconic characters from the Nintendo universe that they put into their games to say, "Hey, we know that you like Smash Brothers, so we're going to give you more characters." In all of our party style, yeah, games. and so like you said, Smash Brothers Ultimate now is coming out with every single character, you know. So in one game, yep, you can get everything that you've ever grown up with and go, hey, it's all here, which is incredible. And we mentioned this before. I think we mentioned this on the E3 podcast. I think Silver might have mentioned that that Nintendo, or maybe you did, with with the the Nintendo Classic consoles coming out and how they really limit the market. And everybody's like, "Oh, they're not selling them anymore." Well, we kind of thought, you know, possibly they sell them again. And you know, look, you know, super, you know, NES is back into the market right now. You can buy the stores right now. And I pre-ordered one, by the way. I I didn't pre-order one. I bought one. That way, I don't have to pick it up right now. I just bought it online and put it on hold at the store. That way, I have a week to pick it up. Yeah, nice. because I really wanted this the the classic NES console. I have the Super NES console, and if they do, if they do a if they do a classic N sixty four console, that's my console, man. I spent more time on that console than any other console. Yeah, exactly. And here's the thing with that is that Nintendo very much could do that now because their partnership is going is like it's in theory right now, but there's more to that theory. And that Nintendo's partnership with Xbox is going to go deeper and deeper. And so with that, they could very well get, you know, Microsoft <laughs> likes money. They're not going to, they could very well license out and have like a Sony Spider-Man agreement and help out Nintendo say, hey, you want to launch this? We own Rare. A lot of people want to see Banjo-Kazooie out. How about you announce the Nintendo 64 Classic and we'll let you lease RIPs that originated on your, on your system. I mean, come on now. If you put out an system, it has to have four-player controllers and you have to have Goldeneye. Yeah, and Perfect Dark. Perfect Dark. And that's the thing. Is if you have Rare and you get the Perfect Dark, granted, Xbox has you know Rare Replay and we have the ability to play that. In, it's kind in of amazing, ADV, actually. So it's kind of like... <laughs> Yeah, it, it is. It's a lot of fun. And I've been saying we need to get together and do that. But we're going to take a pause right now. And we're going to go into promotions. Uh, thanks, everybody. Yes. Who keeps liking yes. the Facebook page. Keep going on there. We're going to keep posting stuff up on their news, things like that. You will be getting the live Facebook stream. We are now signed up for Facebook Live Gaming. We are now signed up on that. Uh, it recommends that before we do a live podcast, things like that on there, that we do some gaming streaming. So, uh, in the next couple days, I am going to do the test stream and make sure that everything is on there. And, uh, next Friday night, next Friday night, we should be good to go by all their standards and everything on Facebook live. So that, that's what I'm getting from them. I've been talking with their uh, support and everything because I tried to launch it earlier and it didn't work. I had, and I guess I have to go through something through OBS and get that set up. And thank you for everybody that's jumping on the Facebook page. Facebook page. And for all our listeners out there, that is really what's blowing up for us a little bit is people liking and commenting. Even the fact that I put out Master Chief uh, earlier in the week and I said Mater Chief. Somebody just left a really brilliant comment and put Mater from Cars on there. It was like, I don't know if I want a Mater Chief movie. That was funny. Uh, I appreciate that. It kind of calling me out there a little bit. But, you know, my miss, my fumble there. But I would like a Mater Chief movie now. And that would be that would be awesome. And that, who you're talking about right now, actually, is uh, Paul. Yeah. is he's? I used to work with the guy. Um, and uh, good, good, good guy. Funny guy. Definitely a geek in arms. And uh, Paul, yeah. 
Thank you for uh, always uh, busting our balls. And also, guys, join the Discord. We do post little things up in there so you can see that, we, you know, usually like topics that we, key topics we talk about on the episode. We don't have really a lot of people in there right now. And so the as we get, all it takes is one or two people to join in there and discuss. If you guys are on Facebook and you're talking with us there, there's a lot more you can do in Discord to continue on a conversation. And, I mean, the settings are easy. If you're worried about getting notifications and stuff like that, there's a little menu up in the upper-hand corner. You click on that, you go down, and you can mute all things except for ads that are, like, basically calling out your name or tagging you in something specifically. But it allows you to jump in on the conversation at your leisure, and you can join in, talk to us. You can get, you know, information on what we think of a movie coming out or you saw a movie and you think that we should watch it and you want to hear us talk about it. you saw a tv show episode anything it's like this gives your opportunity to help mold what you listen to give suggestions you could do the same thing through twitter or facebook definitely though what helps us get this show out to more locations stuff like that is like and rate us on itunes and guys we are in the process it's about a six month it's been about a six month process but we were in the process of getting uh cleared for spotify may have to uh change up some music stuff sound effects excuse me in older episodes uh, we do have permission to use what we're using right now. However, that's what we're doing. But eventually here, we'll be on Spotify, which means you can stream us while you're playing your games. That's pretty great. You could also stream us on Podbean while you play your game. Oh, true, true. The weekly update. You want to talk a little bit more about Life is Strange. Yeah, I'm just going to touch on this real quick because I'm not going to talk about it in the game chat side of things this week. But I talked about Life is Strange last last week. Uh, season 1, basically, I beat... Not really beat. And when I'm playing this game, I don't really feel like I'm beating it. I, I feel like I'm living a life outside of, you know, outside of me. And I'm playing this story. And I'm actually directing the story of how I want it to go. It, it's just something really beautiful with these games. And how, they're, how simple they are, but complicated at the same time. And how some of the choices are real life choices that you have to make. And I was watching a couple streamers on Mixer. And we've been talking about Mixer, how it's been growing, you know, kind of blowing up. So since I was playing the game, you know, when yep. you put it on your home menu, it kind of brings up the Mixer side of things. Hey, look, this person's streaming it. So I, I watched a couple different people stream the game and watching them, how the how they played it and rewound time and did it. It's pretty much how I was doing it, too, is with Max, I was rewinding time and really making that decision and, and really going through it and playing all decisions and really feeling what was best for me. And it wasn't how I thought Max would feel. It's just how I kind of felt about things. You know, if you had a decision like to actually shoot somebody, I, in real life, I couldn't do it. So I have to go back and, you know, I have to take that away because I feel, I feel terrible about it. But right now I'm playing the Chloe storyline. And that is before Life is Strange, before the storm. And basically Chloe is Max's basically partner of crime in the first season of Life is Strange. So now we kind of get to see the prequel of Life's is Strange before Max made it back to Arcadia Bay from Seattle. And right now I'm playing that. And what is great about this Chloe storyline is, one, there is more than a friendship between her and Amber. And Amber's brought up a lot in the, in the first series, uh, the first uh, game, Life is Strange. It's kind of almost a love, man. It, it really is. And, and you can actually see it in the game, the way she's looking at her. She, she really falls in love with this girl as a best friend, but somebody that she feels like that can really pull her out of Arcadia Bay. She really, Chloe really wants to get out of this environment she's in. It, it doesn't matter how great her mom is or, you know, stepdad or anything like that. She wants to be out of Arcadia Bay. 
The great thing about Chloe's storyline is that she doesn't have rewind power. She has zero powers. All she has is the power, the ability to talk real fast and basically smack talk you to the point where you do what she wants, which is fun. But it, when it comes to those important decisions and life is strange with Max, you can make one decision and rewind it and make it again. And if you didn't like that, you could rewind it and make the first one you liked. And Chloe's storyline, you make it, it's that. And I kind of like that definite choice where I'm kind of looking at the screen go, oh, which one do I want? I, I'm not sure. I think this one. And it's that. I'm really enjoying this. And I've been talking to Silver and a couple other people at Silver Soul Gaming on their Discord about the game. A couple other people have written articles up on Silver Soul Gaming. So check that out. And uh, we'll be discussing uh, Life is Strange 2 coming out and then uh, Captain Spirit also. Yeah, I know. Uh, I've, I've been... Yeah, like I'm actually just, I haven't fired up, my oldest son is now playing Life is Strange. I, I'm i going to jump in and play it because of Captain Spirit, which we'll talk about later. And and it's one of those games where I kind of let go by the wayside, but after, I've, I've heard, you know, it talked about quite a bit. I hear Chris has talked about it, you know, in the, in the past. And so it's like, it's one of those ones where it's like, it was, it looked visually yeah. appealing to me. But I never just, I just never got into it. And, but now I'm intrigued by it. Like I said, don't, don't nod has captured my interest after playing vampire. Vampire is so, the story is so good. Now the definite, there's definite differences between budget, the games. Vampire and Stranger Things. Yeah. Because, or not Stranger Uh, Things. Life is Strange. Yeah. Stranger Things. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh. Stranger Things hopefully has a bigger budget. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, Stranger Things is supposedly going to be going to game style, but it's going to be the next big title that uh, uh, the people who do Walking Dead. Telltale. Yeah, yeah, I read about that too, yeah. That's that's going to be really interesting, just to kind of go off that for a second. Stranger Things as a Telltale game. I mean, give us, give us that style of game like we're talking about here of, of Life is Strange. Give me that style of game with it. Maybe a little bit more action. Uh, because of Stranger Things, and that would work really well for me. What if the what if Telltale takes does the take on the Will storyline that's being told by Dark Horse? That's Comics? beautiful because then that will give us exactly what we want. We'll give that not the prequel feel, but kind of the the storyline that's kind of missing that the Dark Horse comic is going to give us. Plus, it's going to have to have some action in there. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that would be that would be a good starting point for them to be able to tell, and they could do it episodic based off of the comics that are coming out. When you talk about vampire, too, I'm sorry. What is is it vampire? Yeah, it's I always think you're saying like vampire or something. Anyways, vampire, the storyline or not the storyline, but the writing in the game. Does it feel like? Because for me, for Life is Strange, the writing feels so top notch for me. It feels. So like every inch they covered and it probably took them a long time to make sure they didn't leave anything in the corner. You know, like, oh, what a thing somebody thinks about that. You know what I mean? And that's the thing about it is it makes you want to replay it. You, you sort of have three, you have three yeah. save files. And that, like like I said, Noah is experiencing it in every different, in, in three different play styles. And, and by the way, not and to be- cut you off, sorry. Life is Strange is the same thing. Three different save files. Okay, so you can do the different... Correct. So, yeah. And so that's something that obviously Don't Nod's doing, so they know you want to play through it different ways. They give you that opportunity. Yeah, Vampire... The the only thing about Vampire I can really... Like, the graphics aren't my favorite out of the game, but the but it plays well. The combat is not... 
the best. The combat, the combat, the combat is like second to the story. The story is the, what drives you. Yeah. You're the storytelling, and you want to find out how the story changes. It's kind of like a science project. You want to see what happens if I kill this person. How's that going to affect the story? And so it really makes you want to go back and replay it multiple times. Like I, I think I, I'm curious how many different scenarios and how different the story would be based on killing off key players at different points of their story arc. Yeah, that's it. I love that part too, where you you go to make that decision. You're like, ah, how far is this going to pull me that direction? I don't. I only want to go that direction a little bit. I wonder how far it's going to pull me, you know, to the left, you know, and actually exactly. I kind of want to swerve off to the left, but I want to get back onto that, that narrow straight path that I was on. And see games that did that, what you're saying perfectly were not the Bioware's Knights of the Old Republic and Knights of the Old Republic too. It's like, I could go, I went just enough to the, to the dark side because I knew that I wanted, I wanted to be a Sith. But I wanted to kind of be more that gray Jedi. So I would go to the dark side. But then when it came time to where I had to choose to try to kill my love interest, it was no. Like, that's when I that's when I would come back to the light side. So then I would come at the very end of the game and I'd be in these like these Jedi like robes. But my still had that pale, veiny skin and eyes. And so I, I looked like this like vampire zombie. But it was I was I was a Sith that decided at the end to come back to the light. But not enough. But I still used all my dark side powers so that I was. I will. I mean, it basically made me. Uh, I mean, it's that it's that scoundrel role in you know in games and stuff like that. I always say that I like a lot, and it's that rogue kind of role. You're not sure if they're good. They're not sure if they're good. It's like chaotic neutral. That's the best yeah, way to say. It. That's chaotic, that's a great way to neutral. say it. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of how I play my games when I have these choices. I always play more of a chaotic neutral, uh, neutral kind of line through with it, but. Uh, yeah, the Vampire is a great, great game. I think they should have sold it at a fifty dollars price tag, and I think it would have. I think it would pick more people up. I think fifty dollars well worth it. Otherwise, I say just wait for it to go on sale. But you need to experience it. I feel that if you like these Life and Strange titles, definitely go check it out. It's it's a it's action driven, but the the only thing on it that I really really critique is the user interface is a little muddy, and that that's about my only major critique on it. Other than that, it was a it's a very fun experience. Other top stories of the week we've hit on the Google. We we wanted to hit up on Xbox One is going to be getting more of a Steam store like mod support in a matter of weeks. They've had mod support for some of the, their like games like Fallout and Skyrim and things like that, but they're going to open that up to more games for mod support, and that these games will have mod, the mods that will come out for these games will be set up very similar to Steam. Now, this adds to the fact that I know, again, Steam is located up here, up here in the, in the Northwest, and they, you know, a Valve. And Valve and Xbox, you know, have, Microsoft, have had a really close-knit working environment for years. And at one point, they were discussing some form of partnership. Now, the partnership was, there was different things people said. The partnership could have been them combining with steam or something like that but what it it sounded more like was that they were going to do an overhaul of their marketplace and help them create more of an environment similar to that of the steam store this kind of push for the mod support makes me really feel like they're going that route and it makes more sense to the stuff that 
I've been in, you know, privy to knowledge of and found out through different people. And so this makes a lot of sense that's coming out. It's little things like this that they're working on. They didn't dive all the way in, you know, and say, hey, we're going to get this. But it's the little things that they're going to do that's going to make, you know, it's going to expand the life of a game. You can follow. What you can do is if you find a mod that you like, you can follow the creator of that. And it makes it easier for you to get updates for that and get new things. I'm hoping that, you know, Age of Conan, or not Age of Conan, sorry, Conan Exiles has some really good mod support on Steam. And you can get some really cool setups for that it'd be nice if they allow you to play on the people's private servers on there that they already let you do if they could have mods on there as well and if you do that for console you're just furthering blurring that gap between pc and console which is something microsoft is really pushing to do yeah this is from ign and this is leaked presentation lays out a five-point plan for fostering a modded community on the Xbox platform, pointing out to increase focus on UGC, user-generated content, a catalog for browsing available mods, and a social integration. So almost like any other type of social media that we look out there, except for you can friend people like Damien saying, whatever mods they come out with, you can get the updates for the mods, or if you like the way that person designs mods, and it's kind of the way you like your style of stuff done or whatever type of skins they come out with. Then you can follow them and get the new stuff that they come out with. And also if you follow them, it's kind of a, you can notify and share the content with your friends. So it's kind of just making this more gamer friendly content and a more, it, it's just basically here, here's my friends over here. They share their content here. No, check out this guy. He's making this mod. No, he's really good. He's made these other mods for this other game. I mean, it seems like a great idea, but it also says in this article that there's really no uh, system for creating and selling mods on the Xbox platform right now. So that might just mean major studios that have resources to do so will have mods like Notable, like you talked about offside the podcast. You mentioned Skyrim, Fallout 4, and like Halo 5, these type of games. So next up, what we got going off of the mod, mod talk is... Uh, for top stories is Indiana Jones. <laughs> we didn't think we'd hear about this. No, we actually, actually we knew that there's an Indiana Jones five coming, but there's, there's a little bit of a, it's being pushed back, which, but this is something, you know, Disney, I'm, I'm curious guys. So you, you, you shut down star Wars, you know, uh, side stories. You say solo didn't make it. But you're going to hire on their co-scribe to do the script for Indiana Jones 5. It seems a little odd that they would take something, somebody, from a movie that they felt like didn't do as well as it should have in a Star Wars franchise. And then take basically the next biggest franchise in Lucasfilms and go, oh, now write this one. This this will be good, and not only that, we're gonna put it on hold because we spent a bunch of money and we don't like the script. It might not be that Disney doesn't like the script. It could be as simple as like Harrison Ford doesn't like the script because in this article it does mention that they want the script to fit for everybody. So there mm -hmm. must have been some type of direction, maybe from the producers or the head writer to the actors to the to the production studio. You know, Disney. Somebody must have not liked this because. Then they go out and hire Jonathan Kasdan. Yeah, and the thing is, is Harrison Ford did like this. Is the other thing? Harrison Ford liked the script. Oh, did he? Okay, from Solo, from Solo the movie. Yeah, and he was on stay uh, on hand there. You know, like I said, we we said he was on hand to help them with it too. So that's kind of 
so that could be the thing. And you know, Harrison Ford is kind of an a-hole. So it could be that, I mean, who, who knows? He could be like, oh, you're going to put it on hold. So you're not going to give him any more work. Well, guess what? I want you, him to rewrite this for me. And, Cause he, he, and who knows? It could be rewritten. Well, yeah, I'm just, hopefully because he came from Star Wars, it's not another alien spoof at the end. <laughs> no, you, 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 well, yeah, we don't, hopefully it's not saying, hey, guys, we're connected together. We're the same same world. Don't have Chewbacca die. Don't bring Han Solo into meet Indiana Jones. Hopefully in Indiana Jones 5, they don't even talk about 4 or his son. <laughs> Hopefully they just forget about that movie altogether. See, I, I'm on that. I'm on. See, like even my, my dad and I are actually two people who we enjoyed it. We did think that was a little out there, but we actually liked, liked the film. Like I wanted to actually see a Shia LaBeouf takeover of the role. But then again, it's also because he is a he is an over the top actor. However, however, then when there was the rumors, the, you know, rumor mill, that Chris Pratt, and then they started just you know photoshopping him into the indie stuff. After that, I want to forget. I do want to forget about Shia LaBeouf, and I want Chris Pratt either to ta- I would either be the son or preferably take on the role and tell more of the younger stories of Indiana Jones. I don't see why we have to hold on to Harrison Ford in this series. I mean, I mean, look at the Tomb Raider series, and I know look that, at James Bond. Uh, yeah, but like even the Tomb Raider series, it's kind of the same setup here. You know, even like Uncharted, Nathan Drake from like we were talking yeah. about earlier. It's we're gonna go find this hidden treasure. That's basically what Indiana Jones is. It's you know we're gonna go get the pirate booty. But if you look at uh, as we look at Tomb Raider, we had uh, who was the first actress that plays Tomb Raider? Now I'm drawing a blank. Because I forgot. Uh, Angelina Jolie. Yeah, so we look at Tomb Raider and we had Angelina Jolie playing him. And now that we have the reboot and we have an un- a younger actress playing a younger story, you know, for a younger storyline. I mean, you couldn't use Angelina Jolie anymore. I understand no. holding on to Harrison Ford because of his name and he is Indiana Jones. but And that's what they did in Indiana Jones 4. That's why they brought in Shia LaBeouf because they wanted to make him... Pass it down. He, absolutely, yeah. But I love the idea of bringing Chris Pratt into, uh, you know, one of these movies. Somebody. It doesn't have to be Chris Pratt. Somebody. Make it his, you know, partner. It, it's just so hard. that it, it, yeah. I, don't, I don't want him as partner. I want Chris Pratt to play. Because if you look at him. I, I agree, that, man. He looks just like young Harrison Ford. And his roles he's been getting a lot lately. I mean, even, I mean, basically his role in Jurassic, Jurassic World and Jurassic World 2. He's basically playing Indiana Jones. He's kind of that 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 character. I mean, yeah. that's who he is basically. So it's like it's like, oh, and and he said it at one point. He told, shoot, as a joke when he was doing Parks and Recreation, uh, he was saying it was you know, he was he was saying yeah I, I'm I'm gonna be I'm, I'm gonna be the next Jurassic Park, and then it happened. <laughs> He's made jokes about being the next Indiana Jones because like when they people ask him they go what about this meme? So they go I'm not against it. I think it would be great. I mean, we love Chris Pratt, though. And yeah. as the witty, you know, Star-Lord talking smack as he's kicking your ass at the same time, that is kind of Indiana Jones, you know? But yeah. Harrison Ford plays a little bit differently, but Chris Pratt can slide into that role, change it a little bit to his style, and it worked fantastically. It'd be a flawless slide. I mean, I, I, I know me and you both would love to see that. I just don't know how you make that happen or if it would ever happen. 
Yeah. And true, what is true. Chris Pratt? What is he? What is he in his late thirties now? Early forties? Yeah, he's, he's our he's our age. Oh, is he? Okay. Right. Yeah. So he's twenty five. Oh yeah, yeah, he's twenty five, <laughs> and uh, yeah, he's not bald. <laughs> no gray, no gray. So getting go coming out of our top stories this week, we're gonna go right into game chat and. To top off game chat, we got to start off with we we already start talked a little bit about the world of Life is Strange, but the, one of the things that we was a this captivated all of us at E three was the awesome adventures of Captain Spirit. Yeah, I mean the story the the trailer hit us, and at the time we kind of re, in our E three podcast we were like this is our kind of favorite indie title. Well, we're beyond that now. I mean, this is this is much more than like a simple indie title. And yeah, it's a smaller game. It's not probably the size of Life is Strange's or uh Chloe's Adventures uh you know, Life Before the Storm is much smaller than the first season of Life is Strange. But we have season 2 of Life is Strange is coming out. It's just Life is Strange 2. It's not season 2. But it feels that way cuz it's a new storyline. But there is something leading up to that that has dropped hints in it to lead up to Life is Strange 2, and that is Captain Spirit. This is going to be a much bigger than we ever, we thought it was going to be. A, you know, We knew it was going to be in the Life is Strange universe, but we had no clue. It was kind of a prequel, or like not a prequel, but like a lead-up to Life is Strange 2, which makes it that much more exciting to even ha- you know play. And not only that, but I mean, when it first came out, we were like, okay, I downloaded the demo earlier this week, but I mean, it's going to be a hundred percent free game. I mean, I, there's no reason for anybody that's even like dabbled into the demo of Life is Strange when it first came out, or it was free on Gold not too long ago for an Xbox uh, Gold. You could download the first episode for free and play that. If you were hooked onto that, play that and then jump on the Captain Spirit. I mean, I, I there's no reason not to do that if you love this universe too for a lead up for a uh, you know Life is Strange too. This this character. I know it grabbed you. It grabbed me. It's a character that we fell in love with right away. If a kid just out in the field, uh, out in the yard, doing his, uh, you know, imagining that he was a pirate or or he imagining he was a superhero. He kind of had the towel wrapped around him. He had the goggles on his head. I mean, my three year old does that right now. I have. He makes me put the 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 towel over his head that has like the little animal on top. You know, he makes me do that. Then he puts on these goggles that I bought him that are like my goggles that are like the orange ones kind of look like home Depot goggles. And he Uh, runs around the house like that after like a bath time, which is the best thing in the world for me. I mean, I, you can never recreate that as they get older. They just don't do that stuff for you anymore. And this captures this innocence of a child at this point in time in his life where he's not getting picked on the basketball team. He, you know, it doesn't look like he has any siblings. He has an alcoholic father and he's kind of alone in his life. So he builds his own universe and it just happens to be in the Life is Strange universe. Uh, he does have, I don't want to spoil, I don't know. I'm not going to spoil that. Well, see, there's something that I have, I have a feeling about this is that I think we're going to get, I think we're going to get, if, as long as these games keep getting the, you know, the, the love that they're getting. I think we're going to get another, we're going to get introduced to different characters and this is going to be the defenders that you want to watch. <laughs> um, so basically I think you're going to be introduced to different characters that have different abilities and that in the end, they're going to create a, uh, a story cause they, they, they're going to keep saying, Oh, this is in the, in the universe, in the universe. And that 
they'll will culminate into like their own Avengers team. But I feel like this is going to be more on the on the real because I mean it is it's dark it's realistic. I feel it's going to take place more as in if you were to watch the the movie Chronicle. Okay. And I feel like eventually you're going to you're gonna they're they're introducing these characters. You're playing these deep stories with these characters and really learning to love these characters. And then I think they're going to team up, have them team up together, and they're going to have to face. There's a reason why these characters have the stuff they have. Eventually, there's got to be a big a big bad basically i i feel like you're right there's a reason why they're leading up with this kid before life is strange too maybe this is the show you the backstory of this kid and where he came from and then when you jump back into Arcadia bay with max and life is strange too and max and chloe and you see this kid in this universe now as an older kid maybe he's 18 now the same age as max and chloe and then you go oh okay i do know his backstory i do know where he's coming from i understand why he's a loner i understand you know all these things um another thing is the life is strange team wrote on official blog posts this is what they said quote with it we have created a self-contained narrative experience that's brimming with content the, dig, the deeper you dig, the more you will discover. While this demo is designed in the usual Life is Strange way and allows you plenty of time to explore everything, it is at the same time structurally different to previous entries. You will most likely see and discover new content on subsequent playthroughs, which you might have previously missed. There are some secrets that may very well take a coordinated group of fans to unravel. So that's kind of cool. Maybe you know you get the sub, you get the subreddit going on, and you get a bunch of people playing through it, and you know, oh, try this, try that. I mean, that's really interesting to bring in a community of people to play this to actually discover all the hints and secrets that this team has put into there. Like I said before, this the the writing in Life is Strange and Chloe's storyline before the storm is just top notch to me, man. Yeah. Even some of the cutscenes, I mentioned this earlier on the Discord and Silver Souls uh, Discord, some of the cutscenes in this, and as soon as you start playing, you'll see it. You kind of will be done with the conversation between whatever two people you are, and then the camera will kind of pan back as your characters are either like riding in a car, or maybe they're laying in bed listening to music together, or, or riding on the train. And the camera will pan back and it'll shoot it from different directions while your characters are just kind of breathing. And it'll actually it'll pop up on the screen and let you hit a button to kind of get out of that and to continue the story. But it's really hard to get out of it because you're kind of taking a breath from the story and you're letting your characters and yourself breathe at the same time. And it's not even written into it, but the way they do it, it it's just it, it, it adds to the story and it's just beautifully done. What this makes me feel like is when they're taking these these moments to let you breathe and they're letting you think, it feels like if you remember watching the Neverending Story, the very first one when the you know Sub, you know Sebastian's reading the book and he's reading about Atreyu and stuff like that, and they take those moments to pause to see his reaction to what he's feeling, and he's taking a break to breathe because Atreyu's taking a break. It feels like they're kind of giving you that it's a cinematic experience, but draws you in like a good book. Yeah, but they give but you feel this connection to what's what's great about them and what's an artistic thing that they do is that you are so connected to the character that you feel this is not a real living thing but you feel like you have to give them time to breathe absolutely and even when i see the button hit hit up on the screen like hey continue playing i physically don't want to yet i kind of want to see them just kind of hang out for a second 
And another thing that Life is Strange does, and I hope it does this in Captain Spirit too, because I have not played through it yet and I haven't had time. I want to beat the Chloe's, her storyline, I mean, is that a lot of times they're just listening to music and they play this really cool, like kind of like indie rock or kind of like a little bit heavier music at different times. But it really fits the scene and the scenario that they're in. Like riding on the train, it was really cool, relaxing, like pop indie music. And I kind of just, I've never heard the song before. I kind of just wanted to listen listen to it with them, you know, with my characters. So I, whatever that is, man, I, I don't think I've ever felt that way in a game before where I actually cared and want to just experience that moment with them. Yeah, and that's the thing that this company does really well. They do it better with these. But that experience that you're talking about, where you have moments where you're just like, oh my God. Those moments do happen in Vampire. Just so you know, you have okay. those moments. The moment when those things happen in Vampire, though, because of the nature of the character and how like basically depressed and suicidal he is, really uh, hits home especially for some period if you're someone who has to deal with depression that's the other thing is these games they for people who anybody who combats depression stuff like that don't nod it they they seem to know how to talk to people on the real they know how to create in, in environments and things that will cre- that will cue you off to remind remind you that these were written not as you know to be grandiose going into the into the space and fighting aliens and all this stuff, but to really kick it back home and kick you in, kick you in the member berries, uh, as Cajun would say, <laughs> um, this is something that you just, they want you to feel and experience what it is. Yeah. And see, I'm, you know, I'm a 36 year old male and I'm playing in life is strange. I'm playing Max, who's a teenager and, you know, and, in, in a high school dorm. I don't really have any connection with that. I'm not a teenage girl when I wasn't in a high school dorm. But the things that she was going through, I obviously have connections with. So they do a really good job of no matter where this person is in their life, it will connect with everybody in different situations or different scenarios. I mean, Don't Nod is, I mean, it's a vampire game. I'm going to play that too. They've really grabbed me on these games and, uh, past kind of what I felt with Walking Dead in the first season of Walking Dead on mm-hmm. Telltale. Uh, I loved that game. I, I, I that, Those stories grabbed me so well. So this has really took in that place for me in my, you know, my gaming slot, you know, for, for games like that I want to play, you know. And it's an easy game to play. I kind of just hang out and play it. And I was even showing my wife. I was like, hey, just, just watch the storyline with me. And she was digging it. She was like, oh, okay, all right. Yeah, she was like, no, do that. You know, pick that one. And I was like, okay, all right, you know. It's cool, you know. Next up on, on Game Chat, there's something I wanted to talk about. So uh, I just got a Switch, and a lot of yeah. people get the Switch. And the thing about Nintendo is, yes, there's usually, uh, you got the cost of entry. You usually get the stuff. Even since when there was the Switch, when it came out, you got one controller, and then you needed to have another controller. So there was, there were a cheaper console but then by the time you add in the ability to play with multiplayer and all that stuff you're paying a little bit more now the switch yes you're able to play some of their games with all the different character controller options they offer out there but you may want that experience you may want that uh you know that that controller that feels more like you know a playstation or 360 uh or not 360 but a xbox one controller now what do you do if you want that they have the pro controller which is uh 70 dollars 
it's wireless it vibrates it does, you know it, so it has the rumble pack and everything like that but if rumbling is not so much your jam and wire wireless isn't something you necessarily need there's a company out there that makes really great products in fact i actually am fully like i love power a um they they create i have a lot of uh attachments for my for my elite controller that has different paddles and different things that i've gotten gears of war halo um that was what kind of started me with them but they make other stuff they make chargers make other things well they make controllers too and i hadn't bought a controller phone i hadn't had a reason to because i wasn't going to play wired to my to my xboxes or anything like that but with the switch the switch i don't yeah you know, i typically am closer to my screen so i can just i don't mind having something usb docked in or connected to the dock and it's a my it's a controller that is it's very feels very much like a 360 controller uh without the battery pack in the center um and it doesn't it's a little lighter because it doesn't have the rumble pack so it doesn't vibrate you can't turn on your console from this controller but you just hit all you have to do is go over and you just hit the home button or whatever on your switch and your switch pops up on power but this controller if you wanted to get the controller experience to be able to play these games and also if it's wired in guys there's zero like latency on what you're waiting on for your signals so if you're competitive wired's the way to go it's a micro usb uh cord but instead of being like where you plug it into the xbox one where it's kind of just hanging out and it's kind of a little loose there it has uh it has in this in the controller it's got like a guide a groove that makes it snap into place so when you plug it in it's really sturdy it's like it's officially connected there and and it's a, it's a long cord too but they you can get them in a variety of of things because it's a licensed nintendo product i got mine for playing splatoon 2 um and so mine is a splatoon 2 controller it's very vibrant it's got bright pink bright green and then squids on it and uh the the pads on the sticks are quite large but the thing is the biggest thing about this is is it's quality and it's not going to break the bank so instead of paying 70 bucks if you just want a controller to be able to play and you got two usb docks on there uh, you could get this controller for 24.99 that's such a good price for a really good controller and as you talked about this last week and we were actually going to bring this up last week but we went a little long as you talked about this, I actually found one at my local Fred Meyers, which is just basically like a Kroger store for people. And they they were selling them for $30, but I knew I could get it for $25. But it was the Mario Odyssey one. And I almost bought it right there because it's a really cool looking controller. Well, okay. So there's they do make a Mario Odyssey one that is like 30 bucks, but it's actually like an elite controller where you can actually change the sticks and stuff out. So that may have been that one. Oh, okay. I, yeah, I, didn't, take a, and, I didn't take a good look at it. I just saw the price. Yeah. I saw the Mario... That might actually. Yeah. So is that not a power? That's no. It's a power. Okay. A. There's okay. A power A. There's a power A elite style Ooh. controller where you change the sticks and stuff out, but it's wired. But you can actually change out the sticks to different heights and things like that for shooters and various things. They make a lot of different products and stuff like that. But the the company, I'm like, it's, you know, I I'm not. I've like I said, I've never been one to buy like third party stuff except for various various pieces for uh my elite controller and now yes i buy third party shells because i do customs on my controllers uh custom shells and whatnot but the the factor is is that you know i, I it it definitely 
works for what I needed it for. And I love it. It's comfortable. And because it's light, I don't get fatigue. Now, I like the heaviness, the heftiness of the Elite controller, but I do notice that if I play long periods of time, I do get fatigued. And in a game like Breath of the Wild, you you got to take your time and be able to play, or a lot of the Nintendo games, or just if you're playing competitively, you're going to be putting some games in. The lightness of this. I do miss the, the factor of having a rumble. That is the only critique that I have is I miss having the rumble because there are some times where it would it the feedback does help. But I know there's a ton of people who turn rumble off on their games. Like they like I don't want that. It makes me shoot miss miss shots and stuff. You don't so. want the rumble on for, you know, battle royale, first person, you know, multiplayer shooters. You want to turn the rumble off, man. I recommend See, I'm opposite. I'm I opposite. recommend I'm that opposite. highly, man, is to turn that rumble off. If you like it, that's that's good if you're used to it, but a lot of times if that rumble happens, you will move your... It could just be the slightest little, you know, thousands to the left, and you miss that headshot, you know? Well, true, true. I can see that. But all I'm saying is that if people are out there, they're looking for a way to get in, and, and this is chargers too, guys. Uh, Power A make... You can get... You can buy the Nintendo charger, or you can buy a Power A charger. If you buy a Power A charger, you're usually knocking... You're getting about 50... Round the, round the prices for stuff. If you're looking at it, you're usually going to pay 50% or less the cost of whatever you're buying from the actual name brand of Nintendo and so or Xbox and that stuff. So that's one thing just to look at. And it, like I said, it's a quality product. It's it's lasting. I'm I'm thoroughly happy with my first controller purchase from them and I will purchase again. Um, that's just something that I wanted to toss out there for you guys. Little review. There will be a written review with pictures and everything, and the various pictures of their other controller products that they offer. That'll be up on uh, Silver Soul Gaming here very soon. Even though you said it was a third party, it's a Nintendo licensed product, and it's exactly. it's not like you're buying like a Nico uh, controller Nico. or Nico yeah. controller, yeah, or charger. Which I thank you, Nico, for selling all this stuff when we're in a bind. But yeah, don't buy that stuff. <laughs> Yeah, so this is it's it's a great little great little product. I'm I'm very very happy with it. Definitely check them out if you're just looking for if you're looking at that entry. Eventually, I do want the Pro Controller, uh, but this this is because Pro Controller you can play with when your system's not in dock mode. You can actually have it when you set it up as a screen. You just have the kickstand out. You can use a Pro Controller. That is not something you can do with this controller because it has to be plugged in USB. So I just take the two uh, uh, Joy Cons. I plug it into the. Oh yeah. And that little that event. yeah, but that works. That works brilliant for me. I don't really think I'm. I don't know if I'll ever buy a Pro controller. I maybe one day, but I I I've never had a problem with that with that style of playing right there. No, no, I like I like it too. Yeah. It's just for for me. It's with for me. I need a little more space between my hands. Oh okay, yeah. And, and, and the, incidentally, though, there's not enough girth to the switch for me to when, when i'm playing with it in handheld mode i need to buy one of the adapters that goes on the back to make it thicker so that it does because when it's so thin that it actually hurt hurts i know i know exactly what you're talking about i get a cramp too if i was when i was playing zelda for so long because i love that mm-hmm. game you're you know what i need to buy that uh i know what you're talking about i need to buy that little spacer too that you can wrap your uh, fingers around yeah it's a good idea yep. But so with that, we're going to jump into the Nintendo Switch talk. Uh, so, I, yes, I'm playing Breath of the Wild. Yes, I am learning all the different various <laughs> intricacies of that game. I love fishing. I, like, I love like I can shoot an arrow or I can do different weapons 
for, for fishing. I get, it's funny though, because like I'm looking at my weapons and I get, I, I learned this from Cajun. It's when I get a weapon that's a special weapon or, you know, does a little more damage. I do my best to save that. And I save that for what I'm going to take on an, an enemy boss. And yes. I remember also he said when your weapon is about to break to throw it because it does a lot more damage. And so I'm remembering that, although there has been times where I've had a weapon and like I got it, picked it up, was excited, and I accidentally throw it. Because I'm still learning the controls. Yeah. Some of the best weapons I found on there, I would keep forever, man. And wait for that big boss, you know, wait for that big boss to fight it with. And I would save two or three of those. And then whatever he dropped, then that was that was the next one. If I beat, you know, oh, took yeah. him down, oh, yeah. there it is. Now I can get rid of this one, you know. Yeah. And so I really, really like, like Breath of the Wild. And I was like, you know what? I want something, I'm out, you know me, multiplayer, multiplayer, multiplayer. So I was looking around, and there's a game that piqued my interest. And it just really, actually, is a recent release for the Switch, but it's a port, but it's a really good port for if you're going to play on the TV. So if you are if you like to play your, if you like to play it in dock mode, uh, it's a really good, there's a really good one. And what it is, is it came out in 2014. So this is, game's been out for a while. It's Hyrule Warriors. And it's, it mixes the hack-and-slash gameplay of Dynasty Warriors uh, with Nintendo's Legend of Zelda. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a, I, perfect, that's a perfect match between the two of them. Yeah, when it first came out, I was intrigued by it, and I really liked it. But I was like, I don't have, again, I don't have a Wii U. I'm, I'm not going to go out and get it. Then they ported it to the 3DS, and I wanted to go get it. But at the time, uh, I gave my 3DS to my middle son. And so I didn't have an option to play it. So I didn't I didn't pick it up. Well, then I looked and then it was on Switch. I'm like, oh, my God, this just came out. I'm like, ah, and it goes 1080p. It's 1080p. It's really, really pretty. It has, like, you can play as, like, all the different characters from the Zelda. You can play as, I think it's 29, 29 or 30, 29 different heroes you can play as. Each hero has a different weapon and different basically a different way of playing. So when you have a different hero, it's a different skill set, different uh, it feels different. So you're playing the game, it feels like you're playing as a different thing. Local, you can do split screen local co-op. So if you're playing in dock mode, you can you can do uh, split screen co-op and play through the game as the different characters and you unlock different characters, unlock different clothing, all that different stuff. And it's it's different big battles. Now there is a very um People call it the idiotic theory <laughs> because you're fighting against all these creatures that are from the Legend of Zelda series. Now, the monsters don't look necessarily like the monsters that you see in Breath of the Wild, but Breath of the Wild is a stylistic game. It's different. You know, you can play as Breath of the Wild Link, though, and Breath of the Wild Zelda in the game. But and this this is the definitive edition that I'm playing, and so it has all the DLCs that have come out for the game and everything like that. Nice. So, okay. But Nintendo's known when they put out a definitive edition of the game, they're like, and we're still going to make you new content for it since we just released it and we want to make more stuff. So you could expect to probably see some more stuff coming out for it. But you know, I used to play the Dynasty Warriors games like a long time ago. PlayStation Two. I I actually had it on place. Yeah, I did. I had it on PlayStation. 2. I think that's when it most. I think that's when it came the most popular on PlayStation Two and uh, in North America. Yeah, that's what that's when I had it, and I I really I really like 
liked it because I mean I was a big fan of hack and slash action games yeah. back in the day. Um, you know, playing them at the arcade was great. Absolutely, you'd play these yeah. Games with and you'd, you'd have you you usually be the bigger screened games and you'd have like three other parts that you could have play yep. with buddies, and they were just great fun. Well, you know, it this really captures that kind of feel and the fact that I can play couch co-op with somebody and run through and I'm playing in Legend of Zelda world, but I'm hacking slash and things. That's just cool. I, that's that's good fun. In fact, I let uh, I let uh, my nephew, your your son Nicholas, that he was playing it, and he he's really good. Like he was already better than I was, but then he's got more time on the Switch than I. He's do, been so. playing the Switch. He's been playing the Switch a lot since Fortnite hit it. He's got a lot yeah. of time on it. But as you're saying, like hack and slash stuff, how popular that used to be for us growing up. When you were mentioning the arcade, I mean, like X Men had a hack and slash game. It was basically that with powers. You would just walk through and hack and slash. I mean, Avengers. Do you remember that? Avengers had a hack and slash game. I, I mean, that. it was extremely popular back. You know, and when we we're when we were teens or even you know middle schoolers. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I God, thinking of that Avengers game. Side note here: make another Avengers game, please, because that was incredible. That they actually had a game, that, and I love playing Hawkeye in that Avengers uh, uh, arcade game. I would love to get a port of that just for me to play around with it again. Yeah, that was one of the one of the cool cool things. So this is this is I'm I got I got four games I'm right now playing through on the Switch, and they're games that I strongly recommend people go out if you don't have if you don't have it, um, definitely pick up. And it's I'm playing Mario Kart, I'm playing Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, I'm playing Splatoon two like a madman. I love that damn game. Yeah, and I'm playing. Uh, I'm playing now the Hyrule Warriors. And one more game you have to get is Mario Odyssey. You'll fall in love with that game. Eventually, eventually I will pick it up. I'm uh, that is it is definitely on my list. Before I get that, I'm going to get the DLC for Spl- the single player DLC for Splatoon. Okay, here, yeah. And go through and play the puzzles on Yeah, awesome, yeah. Now, one thing we should mention about Hyrule Warriors since that we're kind of just showcasing that game is that the performance on it as 1080p like you mentioned putting on on the dock 1080p on the TV with your 4K, nice frame rate. But when you play outside of the dock and you're playing handheld, the frame rate will really drop down with you in that game because there's a lot going on. There is there's so many, so many mobs on. So the couple so- articles that we've read, me and you both, it, that's the only thing that really has an issue with this port is that playing it actually on the handheld, which makes the Nintendo Switch really great is the handheld portion of it. But it sounds like it plays better on the dock. Yeah. And so, and and that's how you would play multiplayer anyway in it. So if you're looking for yeah. a game for co- couch co-op, it's a great purchase. If you're looking for a game for single action, it's a good, it's a good pickup. And like I said, what I was talking about, the unpopular opinion is that p- there is a theory out there because you're fighting against the same enemies, but it takes place way before, like in a different time on timeline wise. Okay, that it was a possible, that is like the possible prequel to Breath of the Wild. Oh, okay. It, it when you play it like when you first started out it's it's like I said it's a, there's a lot of people go it's an idiotic opinion but there's a lot it, it there's on both sides of the coin there is a lot to to say yes this is the prequel and there's a lot to say no it's not but it's a legend of zelda game and if you were to try to put them all together one of the things about people try to say with that is is link always the same link he always wakes up from a dream is every game just a different dream that he's having? I, I can't really argue with that. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. I haven't played the game yet, so that's interesting to me. If it people are saying it's kind of like a prequel to it or a lead up to uh, Breath of the Wild, that's interesting. I need to buy the game now. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it's a lot of fun. It's something you can sit down and you can play with your play with your your sons and just yeah, that's it's, it's that's visibly it's visibly at, or visually uh, appealing. Yeah, in dock mode, a coach co- uh, you know coach co uh, couch co op. What am I trying to say? Is a couch co op with my ten year old son. That it does sound like fun. So jumping off of the switch and just talking really quickly now about Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves new new uh, two biweekly is now what it's kind of turned into events going on right now, and it is with they did a really basically they're the game is evolving, and what's cool about it is they did a E three raw podcast where it was I mean they were it was kind of like me last week. Um, uh, it was no holds bar. They're going to talk about the things that are going on. They're going to explain their their the things. And the game, they are fully saying that the game is evolving based on the player base. The player base is growing because they are changing things based on what the players are saying. And so because player feedback is so important to them, they're creating a game that they originally didn't think that they were going to create and that they are loving the direction that they're going and the fact that they're working with their community and it's becoming a funner experience for them because it's uh it's dynamic and what they've done is they've really redone the powder kegs right now so the powder keg before you would have to shoot it to set it off right well now you can as you're carrying it you can pull press the trigger and it'll set a five second fuse so before like if i was on top if i went up to the top a lot of places where you put your cat powder keg is up on the top on the uh, crow's nest if i was to drop it off it wouldn't count as me dropping it even though i was an enemy it wouldn't count as me dropping it to set it off when it hit explodes on the on the ship now i can pick up because a lot of people have multiple powder kegs out there i know i do usually uh i can pick up pick them up set the five second fuse and drop as many as i can onto the ship and it'll start going boom, 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 boom. And the explosions. So the ex- the explosions in this game, now what they've done is they, they've always were big and you feel like this would push a boat, but it doesn't. So what they did is they tested it out and this guy on YouTube went and lined a bunch of powder kegs along the ship with the five second fuse and set it off and went back and recorded it. And the explosions actually sent a galleon spinning underneath the water and back up. Before it sunk it. Huh. Because of the force of the explosions. Okay. Now you, what you got is the basically in this this week, the Bilge Rats are, or this bi-weekly uh, event, the Bilge Rats are sending you out on a mission to hunt skeletons. But you have to hunt these skeletons that bring up powder kegs in different ways. They want you to kill them in various ways. So it's not just the normal way. So you, you'll get these clues and then you kill them in a certain way. Then you get X amount of, of coinage. And they want you to do it also, like they said, they're trying to get you to team up with other crews, things like that. So you can do it and get, you can play through it one time and you get 100 coins. But if you play it and get legendary accommodations, you play through and replay with other crews, you can get these legendary accommodations, which will grant you an an additional 50 bilge rack coins, which allow you to help you get by full on levels, gold, or other various options that you, things that you may want in game. And it's just... It's really cool. And then these items you can hold on to. And the thing about these doubloons that the Bilgerets have, it will never be a purchase, purchase, purchasable currency. So does that have to be? You got to earn it. You, you can't you have you, to earn it. Can't EA it. 
No, you can't EA. You have to earn it. You have to do these events in game. But these events, like I said, these events are always they're very they're very smart with how they do these events. These events are always adding to the play the gameplay of the game, but they're also teaching you key things you're going to need for the next major content that they put in the game. So that that is the one thing whenever you're doing these events, these events are teaching tools for future events. Now earlier I mentioned the powder keg and the 5 second thing, so instantly what came to mind was sabotage with the 5 second fuse because that's a lot of things that is fun about the game is jumping on somebody else's ship and trying to light off a powder keg. I've done it before. It's fun. Uh, even though I killed myself, I, I blew up their ship. What about Black Powder Trail? Now, you were saying as you carry it, you can hold down the trigger. I was thinking instantly in my head, what if you were carrying it and you could just shake out some of the black powder as you go so you could light the fuse from a distance? I, that wouldn't really work on a boat because it wouldn't, you know what I mean? So I understand the five-second yeah. fuse. It just was interesting in my head as, as I was thinking of it. And that is actually on the official Reddit forums. There is a whole strand of conversation on that that people are saying, hey, I just saw a skull fort go down. Instead of me just putting a powder keg sitting aside and sitting up on the hill ready to snipe it, I would like to be able to have a string of black powder okay. hit it, hidden around. Because like they're like, if I have it out in the open, people are going to see it. But if I like string the black powder around a building and then I sit and I light it right as soon as I see them running up to turn in the skull and it blows up and I'm able to go up and grab the skull and turn it in or whatever. The other thing is, is that they're asking, uh, and this was from... Uh, Captain Logan over on the Keelhauled pod podcast, uh, he was suggesting and came up with the idea of a conch that allows you to call your mermaid to you so that instead of having a mermaid in the water that tells people there's someone still on the island, yeah, you could you could scuttle your ship or you could be dropped off and your guys, your crew goes on ahead and then you would but the but the they said that the when you would call on the conch, it would be really loud and people would hear it all around. So that that would tell someone, okay, someone was on the island, but what it would if allow you're, you that what stealth if, ability? Sorry, what if you're carrying something? What if your crew drops you off? Hey, I want to pick this up real quick. You guys go ahead to the next island, and then I'll get the mermaid and I'll get to the, back to the boat. Can you carry something through the mermaid, or you're not allowed to? No, you cannot carry mm. anything because that that would allow you to be on someone else's boat, jump off with the treasure chest, and you'd be allowed it. Wait, it'd become way too easy to. That's steal too easy. Thing. Yep, you're right. That's way too easy. But that's kind of what we got for Sea of Thieves this week. The items that are in the game right now for the build rest to pick up for the event are all cosmetic items. They Well, all the game items in the game are cosmetic. But what they are is the cosmetic items this time, it's a their bone weaponry. So you get like a, a bone sniper rifle, a bone blunderbuss, a bone uh, pistol, and a blown or a bone blown a bone <laughs> uh cutlass and they're all really cool i picked them all up because i i had 60 doubloons or 15 doubloons each and i had 60 saved up so i just went and purchased them all so i have all the stuff now when i pick up all this stuff then i can choose if i use it to level up or i can choose to hold on to it for when they come out with other stuff and i can purchase things easier that way and then the one of the last Last things that we wanted to talk about was they released a new map in PUBG and Nick had a chance to get in there and get some firsthand experience with that. Nick, what's going on in PUBG? Yeah, Sandhook has been released on PC. You can actually get it. It's on the basic server now. The really cool thing about this, Damien, is that you can either pick Battle Royale mode or mini battle royale mode. And mini battle royale mode is the Sandhawk map, which is very tiny. 
Another thing they introduced is 5% more AR weapons on this map. The times I have played it, every single time I'm double AR. I mean, it, it gives you a lot of loot really quick and the matches are extremely fast. The really cool thing about this though, Damon, and I hope they introduce this on the Xbox soon, is the slow moving play zone. So as your timer goes off, you know how it moves real quick. Mm -hmm. It's much more strategically now to kind of wait it out. And basically, you're kind of hovering in the blue line as you move through the buildings or through the trees. And you're kind of sneaking forward because it's moving at such a slow pace. It's just very fun, really interesting. And when it hits Xbox, it will be the most popular map on there. Since Miramar, uh -huh. yeah, Miramar plays like, like crap. Uh, the new updates have fixed some of it, but most people hope for Erangel still, the you know, the first map. So Sandhook, everybody, on the PC right now. Can't wait for it to hit Xbox, but it's a beautiful map. It's really fun. It's actually had me more enthused for the game right now. So this week we're trying to cut down a little bit on our on our extra long episodes that we've been having. Those will happen from time to time. Yes. Uh so we but we had some stuff that we were gonna talk about. We got started a little bit late this night. Uh, you know, family stuff happens. But what we wanted to talk about is something that, you know, is very near and dear to me. Obviously, if you heard last week when I was jumping on about the Disney stuff and saying that we're going to get our next Disney princess or Disney queen was going to be a chess or it would be a Disney princess would be the chess person. It would oh be God, a, it'd that. be a princess. It would be, it would be a chess burster would be the princess. Yeah. And then the, the queen would be the alien queen. Oh, my God. That's so cute. But could you <laughs> when you lift the dress up, though, would it just be the chess? It would be coming yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be it'd be like a little little princess in a dress, and then there would be a, a princess, which would be a queen chestburster coming out of the chest. Yeah, and, and then that would be the you know it's a double double princess. You could actually sell God Disney. You could sell the Disney princesses with chestbursters coming out, and they would be giving birth to the new princesses from the Alien franchise. Way to go! I just gave you guys some product. I can see it right now. Twenty nine ninety nine. <laughs> yeah, on thinkgeek.com. Yeah. <laughs> or disneystore.com or whatever they sell their Disney. They would probably be they'd probably be too afraid to sell it actually in park, but they'd be like, "We'll license this out." That's a really good point that you're it'll right. Be, yeah. It'll be the likeness of these princesses, but it won't be, it'll just have something changed so that they can't totally say it is. Yeah, you can't do Snow White with like an alien busting out of her chest. <laughs> No, but you can you can make it look like her because yeah. that this Disney doesn't own does not own. It's these, a third party thing. We leased it yeah. out to them. We're not really sure what they're doing with it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Think Geek's a good idea though. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, Think Geek does all their alien stuff. Like I have, uh, like I have a lot of stuff from Think Geek. Um, I mean, I have behind me. I have a chest burster behind me. Nice. And I and I have an alien warrior. That actually, I remember when I got this, and ThinkGeek didn't put out a warning. They put out a warning later because we mentioned it, because it had the age group on there, and Noah fell in the age group of this toy. And this thing, you, you would push it on the chest, and a, a mouth, a plastic mouth would shoot out of it. But it shoot out with so much force that if it hit you, it hurt. And he got like a black eye from it. Jeez. <laughs> so, That's called getting good. your money's worth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It was bad when he was take it and chase around his, his siblings with it, you know, pushing on it. But it's a good product either way. Guys, Think Geek owned by uh, there's Think Geek stores opening up all around. Uh, basically, what happens is if a GameStop's not doing uh, doing well, GameStop and Think Geek are the same company, and they'll convert it into a Think Geek. My location. my local GameStop is a quarter now Think Geek. <laughs> So I was like, okay, I see what's going on here. <laughs> the lines are not very long inside this store. <laughs> 
But what we're going to be talking about next, if you guys can't tell, is Predator put out... There's, this is technically the third trailer, but they're calling it the full trailer. It feels like a full trailer. It is. It's a full trailer. Yeah. And it... So there's a few things that happen in this, is that in this trailer, we I think that we get... We figure out who the child is who releases the... Or, or calls on the ship. We I think he is... Because you see uh, Tom uh, Thomas Jane is in this movie and you see in one of the scenes briefly you see him grab hold of him like he's trying to be protective of the young child now he could just be trying to be protective but the way he grabs him it looks like a father grabbing his son yeah and so i immediately thought okay that's cool because i love thomas jane he's great yep (laughs) and then and then i was like okay well is he related to dutch i'm like i've still got that theory in my head you know it just i wanted to see something and, and knowing knowing uh the director, I feel like this is something that Shane Black, I feel like Shane Black would direct this towards some type of notification, to, you know, pointing towards Dutch. But we get better views in daylight of the Alpha Predator, um, which really, each time we see this Predator, I really feel like Shane Black did take away from the comic sequel to Predators and just cut off the second set of arms. And what you're seeing with this is he goes down on all fours a lot. So this thing's going to slink around and move a lot more like a panther. I think in a lot of ways, he's huge. It's ridiculous and it's frightening. But if I was to explain what, how this movement looks, if you've seen the movie, uh, the relic, which was a really great creature feature. If you've seen that, it actually even has a mandible kind of jaws that open up and grab hold of the head of, of people. I feel like this predator is very similar. It's going to move similar to the relic, and if that's the case, that's creepy as all hell, and that's awesome because it t- triggers that natural fear that we have. Uh, and it just this was brutal, and this trailer gave me goosebumps because it had all that fanfare that I wanted to see, and it gave me just enough information to know that yes, he did his homework. He's doing the comics justice. You know, it's not it's it's not Alien versus Predator where they they sped up the gestation period of of the alien, uh, the alien symbiote inside or not symbiote but the alien chestburster and all that stuff to like being like a matter of hours where it can take like a day or two. <laughs> and even Ridley Scott most recently in Alien Covenant did the same thing, which kind of pissed me off. I'm like, Jesus, what the hell, Ridley? I'm like, come on, this is your thing. You complained about it in Alien versus Predator, yet you turn around and do it to yourself. Again, let's not get salty. Let me let's not bring out the salt. I was gonna because... say, I I'm not the biggest Alien and Predator fan. You're much bigger than I am. I love the movies. I love the lore about it, especially when you talk about it and how passionate you are. I, I liked Alien Covenant. I thought it was good. I like I liked it too. I liked Alien Covenant too. It's just that fans know the, the lore and behind the stuff. And even though and then like Ridley Scott was like, well, this was before all that stuff happened. So maybe later on they became more they locked I'm like I'm like, no, not really, because your aliens in the Alien Covenant look more badass than James Cameron's Alien. <laughs> yes, they do. So, yeah. so I'm like, no, you can't do that because if baking more makes them look like those, that doesn't make sense. So nope, don't say that. Don't do that. Know your product. I love Shane Black, though, and yeah. I trust Shane Black to do his homework. 
I don't think he dives into anything, you know, half-assed or three-quarters. And I'm not saying that about other directors like Riley, Ridley Scott or James Cameron. Those guys obviously do their work. They're, you know, fantastic directors. Yeah. I love Shane Black, though. So I was really happy to see that he was attached to this movie. And this trailer, since you're more of the Predator guy than I am, one thing that I was curious about, though, is that this new Predator that they're introducing is like two times the size of the normal Predator, which the normal Predator to me is like 10 feet tall, isn't he? Usually about seven or eight feet tall. Oh, it's only seven or eight feet? Okay. It's like seven or eight feet is the typical size of the Predator. So this guy's like 15 feet tall or something. I'm guessing he's yeah he's he's around there. But the thing is, is that they when they talked about the genetic, they were genetically altering themselves because uh, the whole history of the predators that the predators basically were the first species to conquer space. Yes, uh, they are in the predator lore. They are the ones who helped build the pyramids. They are the they are the ones who you know basically planted game on various planets and let them evolve so that they had things to hunt okay yeah uh so is this so is this genetic mutation of a new predator is that out there to hunt predators now there's always been if you follow in the lore there's always been different clans and different clans would hunt oh, predators. So like, uh-huh. and, it, and that's kind of what they went on that's what uh Robert Rodriguez did with the with his alpha predators. His alpha predators were bigger than the standard predator, and they had they had multiple eyes. They had two sets of eyes and the longer face, which was more uh, kind of like it was still reptilian with mandibles, but was almost like kind of like a wolf, more wolf like. And that was kind of this is, and they were darker skin too, where there's various shadings of skin and stuff in the whole predator universe, but. This is a, this is like almost like the alpha predator from Shane, uh, from not from Robert Rodriguez series started genetically altering themselves, but through from the different species. So this predator, if you were to take from the lore, if they are genetically from each planet, they go and hunt things on, you're getting a predator that's already molding himself with part. This, this predator is part alien. Okay. And it's part alien. It's part human. It's part, I mean, it's putting ge- the best, the best genetic materials from each, from each, each thing it fights. My, and the other thing is it does, it doesn't have where it does not wear a mask. I, I noticed that so too. Far. Yeah. And so if it does not wear a mask, cause the predator has to wear a mask to be able to see because it sees in mostly heat. Yeah. And he, so if that's the case, this predator probably has, very very keen eyesight with the ability to turn tune on turn on and off that heat vision so he can just see clearly which is terrifying if that's the fact and maybe you know, he has night vision i mean the, well they already had that because of the heat do they okay okay yeah, yeah that's right yeah, yeah yeah there if you played the alien versus predator games or if you read the books or you see in the movies see i've done i've done none of those <laughs> they're, they're able to change their their helmets that they wear oh okay he- heighten their actual natural vision allow them to to switch between things that's cool so okay see, all right see different things so like if they're in the cold they can switch so that they can see they can amplify stuff and track different types of different types of light and other stuff so that's that that they showed in Predator Two, and it's also been in the books and various various things. Um, it'll be it'll be interesting how they go into the lore of if this if they touch base on if this is the predator that's with it is a Yacha, and that's why he seems smaller. Yacha is the term for the young predator, 
and uh, it's uh, and if they have. If, I've been looking for the helmets because the helmets usually in the lore have a mark. That's usually the Bart mark typically though is etched from alien acid. And so that's with more in the alien V alien V predator series of stuff. But in the predator lore, the Yacha, they have one master hunter that they follow. And when they hunt, whatever the most, they hunt a particular once they're blooded, basically. Uh, they're marked with that master predator's mark, and then when eventually when they've done something, they've gone gained enough honor, they become, they become they have their own mark, and they mark young Yasha with that mark, and so there's there's a various various lore, and I'm curious because I see all these different helmets in the background, and there's like three or four different different various armor types that were in the back. I want to see if I can catch any of that. I know there's a lot of other people on Reddit there talking about it, but this this last trailer really did click with a lot of the the fan base to where we're we're now not on. Like, I mean, there's a lot of people that were still in that that area that I was where I was like I was worried. Yeah, that because that synopsis really, really that they first it's put terrible out really <laughs> yeah. But what they're showing, it's like okay. I feel good about it and I'm excited for it. And it looks like it's going to be a fun, fun thing. And I have the day off for opening day. It's two days after my birthday. It's a perfect birthday present for a fan. Yeah, it is. A couple things I see about this is that Boyd Holbrook is in this and he's playing Ken, Quinn McKinnon, who is kind of in this trailer, the, you know, back talking guy, you know, the back talking Navy SEAL type of guy. I love him. I love him in Narcos, but I really love him in Logan and everything else he's done, so I'm really glad to see him in this movie. And Sterling K. Brown is in this movie, who is kind of blowing up in Hollywood right now. He's in a lot of different action movies right now, if you look at his IMDb. So look yeah. out for him in this movie. Hopefully he knocks it all apart. I'm hoping he gets more things. I really like him. The one confusing thing I had, and maybe you can explain it to me, and it's just a trailer, so, you know, yeah. I just didn't understand Olivia Munn in the trailer. I didn't understand who she was. So she's the scientist. She's the school. She's the biologist, which is. But the thing is, is in the synopsis, she's a school teacher. But yet, in this, somehow she gets tied in. So see, I thought she was the kid's mom, but she's not. She's not. No, she's not Rory's mom. Yeah. So she's obviously somebody that the kid connects with and probably brings that stuff that he found in in the. Oh, okay, to. that makes sense. And then, okay. and then that pulls her into being. You know, she's being hunted. So then now she gets pulled into that organization and the government. And then she sees the stuff. But being a biologist, she's able to see. Oh, they're they're mutating themselves. Because we had we had one group of characters, and one of them was Sterling K. Brown playing Will. He was saying that he catches things out of the sky, and we had. You know, yeah. the, the military people behind him. And then during the trailer, I had Olivia Munn in there. And I was like, I, I, I watched it twice. And I was like, what is she? What, what is? And, and But that makes sense. The kid brings yeah. her the information and she yeah. presents it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And she's, as long as she doesn't pick up a weapon, the, pre well, that's the whole thing. The lore with, with this alpha, with this, this alpha predator, we don't know if that's the same thing. We don't know if he's going to pick up, if he's going to honor that or not. Because it used to be like, if you did not have a weapon. They wouldn't kill you. Huh. Okay. But that doesn't seem like that's gonna happen. No, this guy this 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 guy feels like he's gonna kill everyone. Yeah, this mutation guy. <laughs> Another thing that's kind of funny that's in this movie is Jake Busey. Gary Busey's son. And as soon as I saw him and I and I was looking at him because before the show you were like, Hey, I want to talk about Predator, so I started looking at all the actors in here. I he's been in a thousand different things, and I just yeah. didn't realize that was Gary Busey's son. 
Uh, just a what? F- funny side note to me. I just didn't know that was Gary Busey's Starship son. Troopers? I know. I know who he is. I just didn't know his name. I didn't know he was Jake Busey. It was just kind of funny to me. Uh, Alfie Allen is also in this movie, who I like. Uh, also, he's in Game of Thrones. I mean, just this movie's full of really good actors and actresses. So, uh, Keegan, yeah, but Keegan Michael Keel's in this too. But you know who Jake Busey plays, right? Uh, Sean Keyes? Yeah, you you know who he who that is in the Predator. Alert, no, right? I do not. No, so he's Gary. So you know he's Gary Busey's son. Yeah, obviously, he plays Gary Busey's son. <laughs> okay, really, Gary? Yeah, Gary Busey was Keys in uh, Predator Two. Okay, I see. Killed, it's been so was... long since I've seen Predator Two. And, yeah, yeah. So I don't, so, I don't know that. Yeah, and so he that's was interesting. The guy, that's cool. He was one of the guys that was hunting the predators and part of the government organization. Jake Busey plays that character's son in this film. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. And yeah, like you so mentioned that, earlier, like Thomas Jane's in this. I mean, it, it's a really good cast with a really good director. I mean, I, I'm hoping this really lands, especially for you, because you 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 love this. this. Uh, well, yeah, and if this lands, it means that Disney's going to take it and run with it and create more of a universe for it. And that means that I might get my, I might get a, another go at alien versus predator in a right direction and you get your predator doll or your alien doll oh yeah that you want really yep. badly at disneyland <laughs> another alien versus predators would be great i remember i think i've only seen it once or twice and not really caring at all i know dude you're just you're way more into it than i am man i mean if we talk about I, x-men like i'm wearing an x-men shirt right now yeah i've seen yeah. those movies a hundred times so yeah yeah uh so that's kind of just what I wanted to touch on this stuff. Things I, we will talk about next week. Uh, I know for sure we're going to talk about a big thing for streamers and other things is that Elgato is going in a different direction uh, for with with the their company. And so all their equipment, their streaming equipment, all that stuff, they have now – they're still keeping the Elgato name with that. But the Elgato name and their equipment are now part of Coursera. And we're going to go deeper into that and what that means next week so stay tuned for us next week if you're interested in that i use a corsair mouse and i use elgato equipment so uh i'm guess i'm an elgato kind of or a corsair kind of person nowadays but we're going to go deep into that next week uh, well, anything that you know for sure you're going to be going into yeah because one thing we mentioned kind of the beginning of the show but we're running tight here is that we're making references to a new system coming out so next week we will definitely talk about that system and how we were just kind of making references about the new google system and what it's going to go up against and mods for the xbox we have more story behind it it's out there on the internet right now it's called part project scarlet look it up take a look at it uh, we'll definitely dive deeper into that next week yeah, and there's a lot of theories with this, guys. So and Damien has to, a big one. Yeah, so feel free to jump in on this stuff. Message us on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter at Mr. Damien Nash, all one word. Nick, where can we find you? Find me on the Discord. If you have yes. if you have any information about Project Scarlet or you want to talk about it or hit Damien up because his theory is kind of crazy, but we're going to hold that for next week. I, I like his theory. Or find me on Twitter at Nick and PDX, all one word. And with that, guys, this episode is coming to a close. We'll catch you next week or sooner on the socials.